book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah chapter 42, and when you find your place, if you would stand together for the reading of God's Word, Isaiah chapter 42, and as in a lot of these Old Testament passages, and the subject matter is that of Jesus Christ, amen? By the way, you look through the Scriptures, you're going to find Him everywhere, and He's all throughout it, because you know what, truth be told, He is the living Word of God. But of course, the subject matter here is Christ, the servant of Jehovah. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. The Bible says, Behold my servant whom I am uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he hath given bread unto the people upon it, breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of prison, out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, this is our text verse, verse 9. Behold, the former things are come to, uh, come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, around your people, singing your praises. And Lord, what a blessing already it's been. I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And God, we ask that you would be with us and meet with us. And Holy Spirit, we want you here. We invite you here. And we ask, Lord, that you'd be very active. And Lord, we pray if someone doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that they would accept you today before it's eternally too late. Those of us that are saved, I pray we'd allow the Word of God to help us and change us and make us what you'd have for us to be. And Lord, we'll be always, as we were reminded this morning in our passage, we will give you the praise, glory, and honor, Lord. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Man, there is so much doctrine and so much truth in this passage of Scripture. I mean, truth be told, I could I could take two verses and preach a whole message and not even get to the message I have. Uh, so I won't do that. I've already preached one message to you during the announcements, all right? And so I won't preach three or four. Uh, but I love this passage. I love the truth uh, behind this passage. Verse 9, again, notice what he says. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. By the way, isn't it interesting that our Bible is divided into two sections, is it not? All right, the first part, if you open your Bible to the left, if you will, is called the what Testament? Old Testament. And then, uh, of course, to the right, I guess you could say, it's called the what Testament? New Testament. You know what God was saying here? He says, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some new things. We're going to do something new. We're going to do something different. The old's going away and the new's coming forth. And that doesn't mean that the Old Testament's not pertinent. It's the Word of God. Amen? All Scripture's given by inspiration. It just means that God started operating in a different way. And uh, in the New Testament, of course, that was all centered around uh, the what we just celebrated, the coming, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so this, uh, this idea, though, of a new thing. You know what I like about God? God is about new things. Amen? 
God's about new things. And I think it's fitting as we go into this week, the last week of 2021. As long as God gives us life and as long as He tarries, Lord willing, in uh, less than a week, we will turn the calendar to a what we call a new year, right? In fact, we have a day that's set aside. It's a holiday called New Year's Day. And folks, I want to help you today, this morning and this evening, I'm going to preach a couple messages in what I like to call the preparation week. Now truth be told, preparation is usually more than just a week long. But this is kind of the week of reflection, if you will, as we transition from an old year into a new year. And what I like about God is that God is a God of fresh starts. God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God that's always in the process of restoring and making things new. And so here's the title of the message this morning, New Things for a New Year. New things for a new year. What I did was I just took that word new and, and, and I pulled it up in my concordance and did a study on it. It's pretty interesting when you chase that through the scripture, new things that God has promised to his children. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give you a, a few things that the Bible talks about that are new that I want us to, uh, reflect on uh, through this week, and as we go into a new year, experience the things God wants for us to experience. Amen? I think I preached on it the other night when I gave you that verse that talks about, I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither hath entered to the things of the heart of man, the things that God hath prepared for them. And a lot of times people talk about a verse like heaven, but that's not the context of it. It's talking about the life we're living here based upon the principles of the Word of God, living a life that's pleasing to God, and truth be told, Living a life that most Christians never experience. Now, I'll be honest with you, folks. If I'm going to do this Christian life thing, I don't want to do it halfway. I don't want to do it most of the way. I want to be all in. Amen? I want to experience all that God has for me. And a lot of these things we're going to talk about this morning are things that in a new year we can experience. Let's get right into it this morning. i got eight of them, and I'm going to give them to you machine gun style, all right? And you know me, amen? I preach about 65 mile an hour anyway, and there's going to be gust over 100, all right? So be ready, and uh, here we go. Number one, let's talk about this, a new blessing. A new blessing. Uh, t- if you will, take your Bible, flip back to the book of Leviticus. All right, Leviticus. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. The first few books of the Bible there. And uh, by the way, let me just encourage you. Um, uh, and I'm going to do this for our young people. I'm going to set up for them a Bible reading uh, schedule. And that if they will read through their Bible for this year, we're going to, I'm going to have something nice for them uh, at the end of that. And let me just encourage you. If you've never written, uh, uh, read through the Bible in a year, why don't you make that a goal to do this year? All right, read through the Bible. You say, well, there's no way I could do that. Really? Let me tell you, uh, if you read 10 to 15 minutes a day at a very easy, I'm not talking about speed reading, just a nice, easy, you can read through the Bible in less than a year. Let me tell you something, folks. We do what's a priority for us to do. Amen? But let me just encourage you, as you read through the Bible this year, don't skip through those passages that sometimes we think are boring. Don't skip through the, some of those Old Testament passages. I, I get it. Sometimes they're monotonous. And maybe first thing in the morning, you know, before you had your coffee, you don't want to drink, uh, uh, you don't want to read them before you can drink, drink your coffee, maybe. But all that to say, don't skip through them. There is a ton of truth packed into those, those passages there in, in, in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 26, and uh, let's begin reading here in verse 7. And again, these are all promises based upon Israel's obedience to God. Notice what he says. 
says in verse 7, And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. By the way, you know what? I want God to do that for me this year. Amen? I want God to chase my enemies. And by the way, you know what? Uh, it may not be the physical enemies alive, but there are spiritual enemies out there. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I want the sword of the Lord fighting on my side. Amen? And five of you shall chase an hundred. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. Here you go, verse 10. And ye shall eat old store, and bring forth the old because of the new. You know what he's talking about here, folks? He's talking about the new blessings that he wants his people to experience. By the way, the old way was when they were in Egypt. Amen? By the way, that that has to do with the world. That has to do with bondage. God's got a better way for his people to live. Amen? And it's not in bondage to sin. It's not in bondage to the world. It's in freedom of obedience to God and his word. And there's, there's a new way here. And it's talking about the obedience of blessings if we'll obey God. I don't know about you folks, but I need God's blessings for this coming year. I need God's blessings. I need God to pour them out upon me. I'm going to tell you something, folks, and I get it. We talked about it a little bit, but if you get your eyes on what's going on, I'm going to tell you, it is a time of uncertainty. The global situation, it may not, from man's eyes at least, look too bright. If there's ever been a time where we need the blessings of God, it's right now as we're getting ready to enter into a new year. By the way, we can look back on last year, and can we not praise God for His blessings? He's blessed us with. My goodness, we'd be here all morning and all afternoon and all evening if we truly took time to count them all. Amen? Man, there's been a lot of them. I am so thankful for what God has done for me personally and for our church in 2021. But guess what? You can't just live in the past. Amen? You can think about the past. You can remember. Use it to motivate you. But guess what, folks? we got to keep living. Amen? we got to keep going forward. I don't know about you. I want to experience the new blessings that God has for me this year. You say, well, how do I do that? Amen? I mean, is there you know, some self-help book I can read to make sure I... Yeah, there is, actually. It's called your King James Bible. Amen? And, uh, uh, but no, it's not about uh, you know, uh, the, the, this self-help book from the world, this psychology principle from, from this you know, famous TV star. No, that's not what it's about. It's never what it's been about. Let me tell you something, folks. God gives us the formula. And by the way, it's no big secret. You're in Exodus chapter 20, oh, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter 26, look at verse 3. Okay? You there? What's the first word of verse 3 of Leviticus 26? Say it with me. You ready? If. Isn't that interesting? If. If. You walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. And then what's the, three, the first three words of verse 4? You ready? Same together. You ready? Then I will. That's it right there. If. We will obey God, then God will pour His blessings out upon us. If we obey, then God will. By the way, when I say blessings, I'm not talking about you know, just necessarily materialistic things. You know, In our minds as Americans, we attribute blessings of God with fat bank accounts. Let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes the most blessed people are the ones that don't have very many things of this world's goods. Now, I'm not against that, and uh, we may teach a little bit about stewardship this year. Folks, money's just simply a tool, amen? And I understand that God will, will give us uh, material things so that we can do, do certain things and accomplish His will and His work, but it's not just about that, amen? Listen, folks, I, I need God's blessings, and the secret to it is this, if we, then God. What's talking about? Obedience. 
Obedience. Do you realize the only thing that can keep God from blessing you is you? Is me? Based upon my obedience to God and His Word? So you know what? Let's make this year a year of new blessing. And maybe we could say this, in order to do that, it ought to be a year of new obedience. I don't know about y'all, but I, I probably didn't obey God in every area that I should have this last year. And you know, I think if we all examine ourselves, if the Bible says what or do, we could look at some areas where we could do better in in the coming year. Amen? And so a year of new blessings. How about this? Number two, a year of new vessels for the Lord's work. Take your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. This is the story here of Elisha and one of the miracles God used him to perform. 2 Kings chapter 2. And uh, we're going to be turning a few places in our Bibles this morning. By the way, that, 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 that's, that's okay, right? It's good, right? We are in church. We ought to be using our Bibles. That's a good thing. And 2 Kings chapter 2. And uh, notice what he says here beginning in verse 19. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 19. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord seeth, but the water is not and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. And what's interesting is when Elisha was going to work this miracle, and by the way, everything's done for a reason, alright, there's always a reason God has things done in a certain way. Maybe it's to teach certain people a certain lesson that uh, he uses a, a different way to teach uh, based upon who the group is he's trying to teach the lesson to. In this case, Elijah, Elisha, in order to do the miracle, he needed a vessel in which he could work with. Now notice, he didn't call for any old pot that would hold water. That's not what he called for, no. By the way, he didn't even call for something that was in decent condition, no. You know what he called for? A new vessel. A new vessel. And I believe this principle here, uh, and this flows all through the Scripture, talks about, speaks to the fact that in order for God to be able to perform the miracles He wants to perform today, you know what God needs? God needs some new vessels. Amen? He needs some new vessels. Uh, the Bible in 1 Corinthians kind of uh, sheds light onto this. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That word uh, new there in 1 Kings chapter 20 when it's referring to the new cruise, and the word new in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, it's, it's the same meaning for that word. And here's what it means, folks. It means fresh and clean. Let me tell you what the Bible principle is, is this. God can't use a dirty vessel. God can't use a dirty vessel. I mean, what an amazing miracle does God want to use us for in this upcoming year that will have a huge impact on eternity, but won't be able to because of the filth of worldliness, pride, selfishness, and carnality that's in us. Let me say this, folks. God's standard has never been perfection. And by the way, thank God for that because we're living in the flesh. None of us are perfect. 
Okay, I don't know about y'all, but man, I still mess up from time to time. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. Amen. All right. No, just kidding. Uh, she's a good wife. She probably, well, maybe for the right amount of money she would. All right. But no, listen to me. Uh, there's none of us to bat a thousand. Okay. We're all still going to sin. We're all still going to do things we shouldn't do, even though we shouldn't want to. We're still probably going to do some of those things. Listen, folks, the standard isn't perfection, but you know what the standard is? Cleanliness. Amen. It means being clean and pure before God. Because God, if the Bible uh, principles are true, and they are true, God cannot use a dirty vessel. He needs vessels that are clean, sanctified, neat, and fit for the Master's use. Now, come on, folks, this is true with us today, right? I mean, when you got, came in here this morning and you, you got your coffee, all right, you didn't go, which I don't think there was in any way because the ladies in here take care of it, but if there was a sink full of dirty dishes, I guarantee you, you didn't go to the cup that had the stains in it and put it and pour your coffee in that cup. No, you wouldn't do that. No, you, you know what you wanted? You wanted a clean cup, right? To drink out of? Now, come on, folks, that makes sense to us when it comes to the things of this life. How much more sense should it make for us when it comes to the things of the, our spiritual lives? Amen? The Bible calls that process sanctification. That means that we're living lives that are pleasing to God, clean before God. By the way, how do you, how do you get clean before God? I'll tell you how. You confess to God. Amen? Did you spend some time confessing to God this morning? You should have. Did you spend some time with God before the throne of God, asking God to make you clean and make you right and make you pure? Because I'm going to tell you, there wasn't one of us that probably didn't think something we shouldn't have thought yesterday. There probably wasn't one of us that maybe did something we shouldn't have done yesterday. And folks, I'm just saying, listen, God's standard isn't perfection, but it is cleanliness. And that, that vessel, that new vessel for the Lord's work, needs to be a clean vessel that God can work through. Amen? So let's make 2022, if God tarries, a year of new vessels for the Lord's work. Number three, how about this? A new determination to give God our best. In Ezra chapter 6, for sake of time, you don't have to turn there, but Ezra was the priest that God sent back after the captivity uh, to build to build the temple. In fact, here you go. This morning during Sunday school, I asked a question. In the first year of Cyrus, the same Cyrus, the king, made a decree concerning the house of God of Jerusalem. See, I didn't make that question up. It is in the Bible, right? We had a Bible quiz during Sunday school, and we asked questions, and that was one of them. Who was the king through which Israel returned after the captivity? It was Cyrus. There you go. It's in the Bible. Amen? Now, here's what happened here. It says that uh, that they were sent back. Let the house be builded, the house of God, the place where they offered sacrifices. Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof three score cubits, the breadth thereof three score cubits, with three rows of great stones. Are you ready for this? And a row of new timber. A row of new timber. And you know what? All throughout the Bible that you find that God uses that word new when it comes to the things concerning His house. How about this? Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 39. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the corn of the new wine and the oil. You know what that principle is teaching us, folks, is this. God deserves better than our leftovers. God deserves better than our leftovers. You know what amazes me sometimes is the philosophy that people have with the church house. Well, you know what? Well, we just bought this. We just bought this thing new for our house, and we wanted to know if the church would like our old ones. How about this? How about you buy something new for the church house and be content with your old ones? Okay. 
I mean, I heard a story one time, a pastor was telling me this, that he was a church plant. They were just, they were just starting out and they were, you know, uh, didn't have the advantage that we had as a church plant. I mean, they were out there just duking it out, trying to survive from week to week. And there was a, a, a well-to-do family that was going to the church. And uh, that's exactly what they said to him. They said, hey, pastor, uh, my... Uh, I bought some new curtains uh, for my wife for her house. Would the church like the old curtains? And, you know, the, the, the pastor was trying to be gracious and kind, but, you know, he kind of stood there dumbfounded. And that's what he said to him. He says, well, uh, if you don't want them in your house, what makes you think God would want them in his house? Amen. I mean, come on, folks. What's our mentality here? Amen? Now, I get it, folks. You know, we're never going to be, and we, I don't think we should be. I don't think we ought to be all about, you know, extravagance. And, you know, uh, we're never going to have gold-lined toilets around here, okay? Never going to happen. Never we're going to have gold faucet fixtures. We're not going to, you know, turn ridiculous and silly. But I do believe this. God deserves our best. His house deserves our best. And that's why this project we just did here not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, you know what? We did our best with it, amen? And you know what? We spent some, uh, some money at it because you know what? We want God's house to be the best. Why is this mentality thinking God ought to just be content with the few crumbs that fall off our table? That is not the mentality we as Christians ought to have, amen? When you look at the places in Scripture where people brought their offerings to God, they didn't bring the worst. They didn't even bring the second best. They gave God their very best. Let me just say this. In 2022, let's be sure to give God the best of our finances, the best of our time, the best of our lives. And by the way, the best of anything else He wants from us, amen? Because He's deserving of it that way. By the way, didn't He set that ultimate example for us? You know, God gave His best for us, did He not? No angel came down here and died for us, I can tell you that. No other part of God's creation came here and died for us. Part of Him came here and died for us. He gave the most valuable thing that He had, and that was Himself, His only begotten Son. So if God gave our best to, to us, we ought, to, we ought to reciprocate that and give our best to God. Amen? You know why, folks? He's worthy of it. So let's uh, take 2022 as a year, a new determination to give God our best. Number four, how about this? Man, this is good. We ought to give God a new song. A new song. I don't have time to read them all, but man, there's a bunch of them. Let me just give you a couple of them here. Psalms chapter 33, verse 3. Sing unto Him a new song. Psalms chapter 40, verse 3. And He has put a new song in my mouth. Psalm 96, verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Psalms 144, verse 9. I will sing a new song. Psalms 149, verse 1. Praise you the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Now, I'm not just talking about learning a new song in church we've never sung before. Although, I'm glad Brother Dave teaches us some new songs. Amen? That's not what we're talking about. In the Bible, when music is sung or an instrumental, uh, 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 or an instrument is played, it's almost always referring to and is related to what is in someone's heart. Amen? And when I'm talking about a new song, I'm talking about the conditions of our hearts before God. That's what we're talking about. Amen? Because folks, let me just say this. You know what? You're not going to have a new song in your heart if your heart is filled with the wrong song. Amen? With the wrong song. And yes, I'm talking about the, the, the world's wrong kind of music, but more than that, folks, I'm talking about the wrong songs of, of bad attitudes, the wrong songs of just going through the motions without really loving God. I'm talking about the, the wrong songs of, of rebellion and the wrong songs of living our lives how we want to live them. 
No, folks, we ought to yeah, have the right song in our heart. Amen? It's time to get that new song in our heart for a new year. I'm talking about the new song of appreciation for all that God's done for us. I'm talking about the new song of a desire and a love to serve God and want to please God and obey God in everything that He has in our life. Amen? That new song of having a daily relationship with God like we've never had before. Come on, folks. I'm talking about the spiritual temperature of our hearts. That new song. By the way, it's amazing is that when God, and we've already talked about this today, but when God starts affecting your heart, it's amazing how it all starts coming out on the outside. Amen? You get your heart right with God, folks. Everything else is going to follow in line. Amen? A a new year uh, with a new song. How about this, number five, a new name. A new name. Isaiah chapter 62, listen to these verses. The Bible says, verse 1 and 2, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteous thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. By the way, that's a promise God made to His people about how that Jesus Christ is going to one day come and rule and reign. I'm going to tell you something, folks. He hasn't forgot about that promise. Amen? He hasn't forgot about it. You know what? He is one day still coming. He's going to fulfill that promise promise to his people and the bible says and the gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory and thou shalt be called you ready by a new name which the mouth of the lord shall name now i'm not saying you ought to go down the courthouse and have your name changed because you don't like what your parents named you all right that's not what i'm talking about here god's telling israel that when he restores them they'll be known as something that they have not previously been known by you know what he's speaking of he's speaking about the reputation you know what how we could say that in our day and age he's talking about our testimony amen a testimony Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor than silver and gold. You know what? Uh, in 2022, it's time for a new name. By the way, I'm not just talking about per se reputation, because let me tell you what reputation is. Reputation is what people think you are. I think reputation is a good thing. You ought to have a good reputation. But more important is having character, because character is what God knows you are. Amen? By the way, you can have a good reputation and bad character. Because to some extent, we all know how to fool people, do we not? Okay, you know what God's interested in? Character! Because if you have good character, then from your character will flow a good reputation or a good testimony. A good testimony. Let me tell you something, folks. I can't tell you the, how important your testimony is as a Christian. When the world sees you, what do they th- see? What do they think? When they hear you talk, what is it that they're thinking about? What do they know? By the way, you shouldn't have to wear a sign around your neck for the world to know that you're a Christian. I'm going to tell you, you live the way the Bible wants for you to live. And I'm not talking about this, you know, wearing a brown robe and taking a vow of silence stuff. That's not biblical. I'm talking about living according to the Word of God, following the uh, teachings of Jesus Christ, and living them out in a practical way in your life. You won't have to tell anybody something's different about you. They'll automatically know. Amen? You know why? Because they find out real quick, you don't talk like they do. You don't, you're not involved in the things they're involved in. Amen? There's a spiritual glow about your countenance because the Holy Spirit of God is flowing from within you to the outside of you. Amen? It's called your testimony. Let me tell you something. We as Christians ought to be concerned about our testimonies. It ought to matter. Amen? That's why there's just certain places I'm not going. 
You know why? Because my testimony's at stake, that's why. What would people think if they saw me going certain places or doing certain things? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, a, that's, what, that's the typical argument for carnal Christian now. Well, what's wrong with that? Hey, how about this question? What's right about it? What's right about it? Amen? And by the way, there may be certain things that aren't necessarily sinful, but could harm my testimony. By the way, the Bible does say abstain not just from evil, but from the appearance of evil. Right? Let me tell you, give you an illustration of my life when I was a kid. Okay? There used to be this thing when I was a kid, and it was beef jerky. And I like beef jerky, but here's the thing. It was shredded beef jerky in a can about like this. And it was a big thing for kids to go around, you know, putting that in a bit, Eating beef jerky with this, uh, you know, coat, this, this, this round can stuck in their back pocket. Thank God I had parents who had enough sense to not, not let me get involved in something like that. Well, mom, why? It's just beef jerky. Here's what they tell t- Listen, it's not about what it is or what it isn't. It's about what it looks like. It's about what people, when they see you, think that you may or may not be doing. And by the way, son, you're a Christian. As Christians, we're different from the world. Thank God I had parents who taught me that kind of stuff. Come on, parents. That's the types of things we ought to be teaching our children. Amen? Well, everybody else is doing it. Well, who cares what everybody else is doing? What pleases God? Amen? What pleases God? Talking about a testimony. And you know what? From time to time, maybe we might do something that could damage our testimony. And by the way, that's why, that's why it's so important we, we, uh, we think about things before we do them. Because you know what? It can take you a lifetime or years to build a testimony, and you can blow it in minutes. You can blow it minutes. Let me tell you, it ought to be important to us as Christians what our testimony is. Amen? Because there is a new name God wants for us to have. And you know what? Maybe, again, I don't think there's any of us who have may probably not done some things in the past that shame the name of our Savior. But let me just say this. Amen? Uh, if, if maybe that is uh, where you've been at before, then guess what? Why don't you start working on in a new year, establishing a new name, uh, and build the right kind of testimony God would have for you to have? Well, let me tell you the best way to handle that. If you've blown it in the past, own it. Own it. You know what? People respect you if you own your mistakes. Maybe you go to work and you say, you know what, guys? I just need to tell you something. I'm a Christian, and I know you probably didn't know that because I've said things I shouldn't have said, but I don't want you to know something. Number one, I apologize to you for not being a good testimony. I have shamed the name of Jesus Christ, but from this day forward, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can to try to please the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, that would go a long way in reestablishing a testimony. Okay? And so all I'm saying, folks, is this. Let's make 2022 the, the year of a new name. Number six, how about this? The year of new mercies. Lamentations chapter 3. I love, I love, I love these verses. The Bible says this in verse 21 through 23. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because His compassions fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Folks, let me say this. God is a God of great mercy. Amen? That's the only reason we're still around here. We don't deserve what God has done for us. My wife and I were talking yesterday. We were driving to a family thing, and we were just talking about uh, the, the blessings of God upon our life and how thankful we are for what God has done and how God has, has poured His blessing out upon us. And folks, let me tell you something. There's not one of us that that couldn't be said about. Amen? Let me tell you why. You know why it is, folks? It's not because we deserve it. It's because God is a merciful God. That's why. The grace and mercy of our God. 
The Bible says in Psalms chapter 103, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, That God is long-suffering to usward. And folks, the only, only reason I can think of that God hasn't wiped us off the map yet is because of His mercy. Amen? He's merciful. He's long-suffering. Now, don't mistake the fact that God's merciful to think that God's just always going to overlook and not judge sin. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Nobody gets by with nothing because God, the ultimate authority, God, the ultimate judge, all wrongs will be made right. Amen? So don't think God isn't going to take care of stuff. But you know what? Aren't you glad He deals with us in mercy? Now, here's the thing. All right? If God is merciful, guess what do you think He expects from us? Be ye therefore what? Merciful, as your Father in heaven is also merciful. You know what, folks, listen to me. As we're dealing with people, we must always remember God wants for us as Christians to deal in mercy. That doesn't mean you don't have to confront sin. It doesn't mean that you don't have to sometimes face things that are hard and deal with stuff. That's not what it means. But even in the process of dealing with stuff, you can always do so with an aspect of mercy. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, then ye which are spiritual, kick him wise down and beat him up and never let him uh, 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 forget about his, what he messed up about. Think that's what the Bible says? No. No, here's what it says. Ye which are spiritual, you ready? Restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering also thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You know what God's plan is? is for people that fall, for them to be restored. For us as Christians who are spiritual to help restore them. You know what that takes? It takes being merciful the way God's merciful. By the way, you know, we say this sometimes. Oh man, I wish God would just, would just blow them away. I wish God would just drop the boom on them. Really? Well, aren't you glad God don't drop the boom on us and everything? We do something stupid? How, how come we, we always want God's judgment for other people, but God's mercy for us? Now, come on, folks, listen to me. I get it. God's going to deal with all that stuff, but you know what we need to be doing? Merciful. Amen? Being mercy. I'm not talking about justifying sin, but I'm talking about this. In helping people, restoring people, show the mercy of God that He shows to us. Amen? A new year of new mercy. I wonder how many people that we could help if we were just spiritual enough to have mercy to try to help them. Again, folks, I'm not saying justify sin. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying deal, not dealing with sin. I'm just talking about in the process of it all, do it in a spirit of mercy. Number seven, how about this? 2022, the year of the new man. Man, that, that's a phrase you find in the Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 uh, through 24, and that she put on what? The new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, and having put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him, that created us. Let's make 2022 the year of the new man. What are we talking about? We're talking about this, amen? Being spirit-filled, spirit-led, not controlled by the flesh. That's what we're talking about. The new man. We all have the old man. It's called the flesh. It's the part of us that's not saved, by the way. Okay? When you got saved, guess what didn't get saved? The flesh. And your flesh is not going to heaven. Bible says it. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Thank God He saved us, but we still got to deal with the stinking wicked flesh. And by the way, the Bible tells how us to deal with it. You know how we do it? Okay? We don't make peace with it. We don't try to coddle it. 
We don't try to, you know, well, if I can have a good day, I won't do that. You know what the Bible says to do? Kill it! Crucify the flesh. Amen? By the way, as Christians, every single day, we need to be crucifying our flesh. Listen, your flesh should not be in the driver's seat. Amen? Let me tell you how it ought to be. Alright? As a Christian, your spirit's what's reborn. Amen? Alright? So the Spirit of God ought to be in control. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit, by the way. It means allow God to control you through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in control. If He's in control, then He'll influence your soul. What's your soul? It's your mind. It's what you think about. It's your emotions, how you feel, and it's your will, what you do. So the Holy Spirit's in control. He affects what you think, how you feel, what you do. And then guess who's in last place, who doesn't even get a say-so? That's the stinking flesh. Amen? Flesh doesn't get to decide. The flesh doesn't get to determine what I do and don't do. The Spirit of God determines that. Amen? So quit using that. Say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, wah, wah, wah. Who cares? Big deal. Do right even though you don't feel like it. I didn't feel like getting out of bed this morning at 545. But you know what? Guess what? Spiritual work needed to be done. You know what? The people at White River Baptist Church needed a pastor who was churchly enough to spend time before God praying for him and praying for the power of God and the fullness of the Spirit of God. Amen? There's things more important than the stinking flesh. So let's make 2022 the year of the new man. Amen? Uh, the year of the new man. And last of all, let me give you this. Number eight, the year of a new confidence that God will keep His promises. The Bible says we're close. Uh, Isaiah chapter 41, if you want to turn back there real quick. I'm going to close out with this passage here. Isaiah chapter 41, again, prophetic passages here, talking about God, what God's going to do with the nation of Israel. By the way, let me just say this, a little rabbit trail for a second, okay? God's not done with His people, amen? All right? God's not done with the nation of Israel. I do not believe in, nor I do preach what's called replacement theology. The church does not replace the nation of Israel. Okay? Now, God has for a time set Israel on a shelf. Amen? He has kind of stopped. He, he, he quit dealing with them for, for a time because of their rejection of Him. And praise God because that's who we are as the Gentiles. Amen? And God took about a 2,000 year span called the church age, called the age of grace, and started dealing with the Gentiles, which is us, by the way. Amen? Alright, thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you folks, let me tell you, the whole part of this end time scenario is God turning His attention back to His people. And so God's not dumb the nation of Israel. Alright, and here's what the Bible says about them. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Here you go, here's the word new. Behold, I will make thee a new, sharp, threshing instrument having teeth. Wow. You know what that's a prophetic statement about? Is that God will one day use Israel to decimate their enemies. That's not the case right now. That's not, has truth be told, been the case since they were obedient to Him in the promised land. And, and, and David was their king. And then for a time, Solomon, then after that, oh man, it all went downhill. There were a few good kings, but most of them were bad. They went to captivity. They were dispersed across the face of the earth. God didn't bring them back to be a nation until 1948, 1949. And here we are, 70, almost 80 some years in the future. And one of these days, God's coming back to start dealing with them. You know what that's called, folks? That's called a confidence that God will keep His promises. I'm going to tell you something, and I, I usually bring this somehow into every single message. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, amen, because we need to hear it, folks. Listen to me. God made the promise that He was going to come the first time, and He did, amen? 
And let me say this, He also made a promise, He's going to come again the second time, and He is going to. God will keep those promises. The Bible tells us, why is God tearing? Because He's long-suffering. Amen? That's what the Bible says. He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. Aren't you glad God waited on you? I'm glad. I'm glad God waited on me. So God's long-suffering, God's merciful, but the Bible says, but the day of the Lord will come. It's going to come, folks. God will keep His promises. Every uh, uh, prophetic promise God has ever made that, uh, to about Israel, He kept every single one. And then every prophetic promise He's going to make that's going to one day going to happen to them, He's going to keep those promises. Let me tell you what we need in 2022. We need to live with our minds, with the thought that God keeps His promises. I'm going to tell you something, folks, that He's coming back to get us real soon. We need to think about that. That ought to motivate us every single day. Amen? The Bible says this. It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. You know what all these, you know, the, the, the world calls them Mother Nature. Okay? But you know what all this stuff going on is? I mean, come on. Tornado outbreak, not that far from us. I mean, setting records. I mean, all these volcanoes erupting around the planet. I mean, we don't even read and know half the stuff that's going on. You know that there were uh, earthquakes not that long ago in the Midwest within the last couple of days? Now, they weren't that big, but they were still there. By the way, did you know the Midwest, right where we're at, sitting on one of the largest fault lines in the whole United States called the New Madrid Fault? I'm going to tell you something, folks. All that's going on, you know what that is? That's not for sure global warming, I can tell you that. It's not climate change. It's not Mother Nature. It's creation groaning to be delivered. And the closer it gets to delivery, come on, ladies, you know this, the more the birth pains come, right? Okay, let me tell you what's happening. This, this earth is groaning to be delivered, and it's soon about to be delivered. God's going to keep His promises. Could, two, two, could 2022 be the year? I pray that it is. The Bible says this. Jesus said to pray, pray for that we ought to be praying for His kingdom to come. You know what part of my daily request is? God, please allow your kingdom to come. Now, that's not the daily request of faith in Caleb, I can tell you that. Amen? They're not praying for the kingdom of God to come until, you know, sometime in March or April, okay, after they get married, all right? But you know what? I pray, God, please, let your kingdom come. Let this be the day. Let this be the month, God. Let this be the year. By the way, folks, it's going to happen, amen? You know we need to go into 2022 with? Knowing God's going to keep those promises. Because you know what that will do as Christians? Motivate us to live for God. When you know that Jesus Christ could come back at any moment, that will keep you from doing things you shouldn't do. I mean, come on, really? You want to be doing this, looking at this, hearing this, saying this, when that trumpet sounds and you see Jesus Christ for the first time? When you think those thoughts, that will maybe keep you from doing some of that stuff. Amen? So the year of new things. New blessings, new vessels for the Lord's work, new determination to give God our best, new song in our heart, a new name, new mercy, new man, and a new confidence that God will keep His promise. Let's pray. Lord, we love You this morning. Thank You for the